Hi, my name is Andrea, and I serve here at First Christian Church as a part of the Arts Academy. The Arts Academy offers free lessons in music and art to students in our community and in our church. Our goal is to raise the next generation of artists and worship leaders for the church, not only here in Decatur, but around the country and around the world. What you're about to see is a collaborative project done by Arts Academy classes. We interviewed three ridiculously adorable children. Our drama class acted out, and then our video production class filmed and edited it. So we hope that you enjoy the Christmas story as told by the Arts Academy. How we got Christmas is the story like when Jesus was born, and Mary and Joseph are Jesus's parents. And so first an angel came to Mary before they had Jesus saying that um, they would name him Jesus. And then all the hotels were full. No! And they came to a stable with like farm animals in it, like um, pigs and cows. Moo! These weren't really and snakes. And there might have been some cats and dogs. <laughs> the wise men came from the star. They bring gifts. And the shepherds also came. Mary and Joseph had a baby. <laughs> a baby. They said, hooray, Jesus was born. They were about to cry because baby Jesus was so cute. So then they had a birthday party for Jesus. They might have made birthday cake and like that and eat pizza. They were just like celebrating Jesus' birthday as a traditional thing. The Seriously, we, we interviewed three kids and said, what's the Christmas story about? They told us, and then the rest of the team, the kids, they made, it, made up the play that went with it, and then we, the kids videographed it and, or filmed it, whatever you call it, and you have the result there. So it's good to have you with us here tonight. My name is Wayne. I'm part of the pastoral team, and I get to spend a few minutes with you looking at some scripture, and in order, if I may, to set the stage for that, I acknowledge that uh, as we gather here tonight, um, both here in the room and people who are watching online, that Christmas Eve and the Christmas season is full of all sorts of traditions and all sorts of family moments and nostalgia, and one of the, one of the traditions that is quite common is that young children often will send letters to Santa, and this became quite clear to me that this is a long-standing tradition just a few weeks ago, I was reading about a, uh, a museum out in West Virginia that was renovating its building. The building was very old. It predates the Civil War. And as they were renovating, they, they got to the fireplace and the chimney and everything. And at the back side of the chimney, on the far side of the, 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 the bricks, in between the bricks at the back and the wall at the back of that, they found there was a slot. And apparently, at some point in the past, there must have been a slot up by the mantle, by the fireplace, because 
Well, it would appear what happened was that kids thinking, well, Santa comes down the chimney, and so if you're going to send a letter to Santa, where do, you put, where do you mail it? You put it in the slot at the back of the chimney. And so when they opened up this old, old building to uh, renovate it, they discovered this trove of letters to Santa, most of them over 100 years old, including one that really drew my attention. It's from an eight-year-old little girl by the name of Paige Woodward. She wrote it on Christmas Day, 1912. And she, um, she has a lot of things in the letter that she asks for. She has, obviously, she wants gifts for her mother. She has three sisters that she wants to get some gifts for. You can see, maybe there on the lower left, you can make out the words Papa, P-A-P, the word Papa, P-A-P-A. She wants him to get a, a um, she wants him to have something. And then, um, she's, then she gives an, in, an indication of what she wants Reginald, her brother, to get. And he gets the mother load. I mean, he gets the treasure trove. She asks for a number of things for him. She wants him to get an air rifle, a Boy Scout book, a sweater, and two magazines. Here's the names. She even names the magazines. The Country Gentleman and the Farm Journal. And what's remarkable about the letter, as you read your way through it, is there's nothing there about what she might want from Santa. Eight years old, Christmas Day, 1912, 106 years ago. And you go, man, what a remarkable young lady. All these things she'd like to give to other people and no request for something for herself. We'd say, well, there's the spirit of Christmas, isn't it? It's about giving. And I want to go, yeah, I love giving and I like to get gifts. It's a wonderful event and a wonderful time to do that. But I would ask you this. Is that really the point of Christmas? Can I remind you of the story of what took place at Christmas 2,000 years ago? Prior to when we got involved with all the stuff we do now with Christmas. 700 years before Jesus was born, there was a fellow who was quite, quite well known in ancient Israel. His name was Isaiah. And Isaiah was, well, he was looking around at the world around him and he goes, man, this world... Well, it's a little bit different than yours and mine. There's no electricity, no plumbing, no cars, no technology. And so we'd say, well, his world is so different than ours. And yet, on the other hand, he acknowledges that, frankly, his world is probably very similar to ours because he speaks about the way in which people are pretty dark. He puts it this way. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness... A light has dawned. In other words, there's lots of darkness around. The people around me are just, uh, he's got some struggles with it. And then he says, but there's going to come a moment when it all shifts. 700 years before it actually happens, he realizes that to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And then he actually names who this little baby is going to be. He's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. 700 years before Jesus arrived, 2,700 years ago, the people of that day were looking around saying, man, there's some pretty dark stuff around me and they're waiting for light. We live in a place at times that is fairly dark and we would say the light of Jesus Christ has already come. And Maybe I should explain it with, to you uh, with some help from some of our kids here tonight. So, uh, Kids, when you came in tonight, did you get a plastic bag? And some of you inside that plastic bag, is there a flashlight in there? Do you find a flashlight? Okay, well, get it out and get ready. But before we get ready to use it, I need some help from two, two children. I need like, oh, a little girl somewhere around five to ten. A little girl. Do you want to come on up here? 
No, no, I need a little girl. Fine. Well, okay, wait, come on, you can be the little boy. We need a little boy. Who do we need? A little girl? All right, back there in the blue. You're up. Okay. Wait, just for the rest of the night. Okay, we're going to call you Joseph. All right? Can we call you Joseph? Joseph, we want you to get dressed here. Put your robe on, Joseph. Okay, you ready? And uh, this is your bride. Her name is Mary. Can you say hello to each other since you're already married? <laughs> okay. And, and you know what we're going to do, Wade? Joseph, Joseph, pardon me. Oh, Joseph, I mean Mary, you look lovely. Particularly for just having had a baby, you look pretty good. Oh, sorry, kiddo. All right. And Joseph, we're going to push you through puberty very quickly in about 30 seconds. Now, you got the beard ready? Is that where the beard goes? No, wouldn't it go down here like this? There, there you go. Okay, Mary, so we're going to pretend, we're going to imagine that the baby Jesus is right there, okay? And Mary, I want you to turn around and sit on this stool. All right, just like that. And look down very closely. And, and, and Joseph, you're going to stand here and you're going to hold your hands like you're going to be ready to protect them, protect the little baby, right? There's mom and dad, you got your cameras out, those of you who are, all right? You're, Mary, you look lovely, <laughs> particularly for just having had a baby. You look really, really good. Okay, then you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that there was an, an orange ladder in the middle of the nativity scene. <laughs> no, the, 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 the Bible says that some, some wise guys, some magi came from the east, and there was a star that came over the place where the Jesus, over the house where the baby was. And so we had to turn out all the lights and all you kids got your flashlights ready? Let's see if we can make the star shine, all right? Ready, set, go. Oh. Oh, you guys, Mary and Joseph. Up. <laughs> <laughs> they came prepared. All right, and so we say that the star was there and it, led it pointed people to know where Jesus was, right? All right, can you thank Mary and Joseph for doing such a brilliant job? Thanks, guys. All right, I'll take, I'll take your clothes and your beard. You got rid of it so quickly. All right, so here's the question that I'd like to pose to you tonight. Is, is the star the point of the story? It's lovely. We like to put stars above the nativity scenes, above the stables that we build, you know, in the living room. We have the big star of hope over at St. Mary's Hospital, and we like to see that in the night. And it's all great, but the star isn't the point of the story, of course, is it? Instead, the story's focus is Jesus Christ, the light of the world, that the star, the star points to Jesus the star points to this. The Son of God came to bring us a new life approach, a new light in the midst of darkness. That's why over the last uh, few nights we've had the spotlights up in the sky just, just to remind the community something is different about this season. It's a reminder that Jesus came. It's why, actually kids, why you've got your, can I see your flashlights one more time, kids? All right. The reason he got him in the packet was for you to remember that Jesus came as the light of the world. All right, you can put him away now. Good job. <laughs> Please put him away. 
What's fascinating to me about, one of the things that's fascinating about the fact that Jesus came is that God has an expectation for any of us who would say we want to celebrate Christmas, and we rec- that we want to, if we want to recognize Jesus Christ is abs- actually coming. God has an expectation of anyone who would choose to follow him, and that is we're supposed to brightly shine ourselves now, not in our own strength, but through his light reflecting off us, just like that mirrored star did a few minutes ago. How are we supposed to live our lives and shine? We're supposed to live in ways that are full of righteousness and truth and justice and kindness. Scripture actually puts it this way. You, if you're my followers, you should be blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. The scriptures are declaring and acknowledging that the people around us are pretty dark if you don't know Christ. But then he says, if you do that, then you will shine among them, among the crooked and depraved generation. You'll shine like stars in the sky as you hold out the word of life. It's a tall demand, isn't it? To say, well, I'm going to be blameless and pure. I'm going to be a light that can be seen against the darkness around me. How? Well, there's the point of Christmas, friends. Jesus' birth. See, if you're like me, and I think you probably are, there's something deep down within, within you that would say, man, I, I, I wish I, I'd like to be blameless and pure. I'd really like to be like Paige Woodward, that eight-year-old, 1912, who selflessly thinks of other people before she does. And 106 years later, we, re- we are reading about her and remembering what an eight-year-old figured out. Isn't there a point where we'd like to say, man, I'd really like blameless and pure to be attached to my name? I'd like blameless and pure to be found within the letters that I write today that someone might find in 106 years from now? Can you do that? Not in your own strength. And that's why Jesus came. See, a desire to do life right, a desire to be blameless and pure, is not unique to Christian faith. All faiths have that. But amongst the world's faiths, it's only Christianity that has God actually coming to earth to show us how to do that. Jesus came as God in the flesh to live among us, to show us how to live. And now, if we're his followers, we are no longer waiting for the light. We live in the light. I want to live that way in the coming year. I want to make certain that my life reflects the light of Jesus Christ. Will I make mistakes? Absolutely, I will. I would suggest that if you're here tonight and you say, I want to live in that light in 2019, you'll make mistakes too. But here's what I know. I'm inviting you tonight into a new life and a new walk of light throughout the calendar year of 2019. And it's possible if we follow Christ, if we allow his light to seep into our lives. How do you do that? Pray. God, live within me. I want to know what it means to know Jesus Christ. My prayer for you for the coming calendar year is this, that God's best plan for you will unfold in 2019. In fact, in a few moments, we're going to take some candles and we're going to light them. We're going to sing Silent Night, Holy Night. And as we sing that, your eye's attention is going to be drawn to that flame. The light of that flame will draw your attention there. And just as that flame will burn brightly in front of your eyes, 
I pray that the light of Jesus Christ will settle into your, the depths of your soul and that it will burn brightly in righteousness and truth and kindness for you throughout all of 29 with God's best plan for your life unfolding day by day. Would you pray with me, please? God in heaven, hear our prayers tonight. We, uh, we would choose to say we want to walk with you. We, we sometimes don't know how to do that. I'm thankful, God, that through Jesus Christ, we can, we can walk with you, that his light has already come into the world, that the government of the cosmos is on his shoulders, and he is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. For my friends here tonight, Lord, for those watching online, may the work of Christ be made evident within us, May the light of Christ reflect off us in a dark place, in the dark places, God. And I pray that the calendar year called 2019 will be the best year yet for each and every person here. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.